0: Hello, and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on September 30th, 2022, from the dining room table of my parents' house on James Island, where we don't have power because of Hurricane Ian. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. Don't worry, I'm safe. It's just a little bit darker here. Now, this episode features life from the campaign trail on the upstate. That's right, folks, the gubernatorial campaign trail some sound for you, and yes, there was not a mold box, so it's gonna sound really fresh. We also have details on the abortion vote that the House took this week and what could happen next in the Senate. In business, we hear from Dr. Joey Von Nessen about how the state is doing economically, and due to some time constraints, we don't have a medical section today. Also, there is going to be a very important wind down section that you have to listen to. This is very important, I can't stress this enough. Uh, But you have to listen to the whole pod first. You can't just skip to the end. No, it's not about me storm chasing. That is second to the news. We are bringing you in the wind down. And speaking of the wind down, we need you to help it keep going by calling us 803-563-7169. We need inane, mundane, anything with ain in it to talk about in the wind down section. We'd love hearing from you guys. Leave us a voicemail at 803-563-7169. Stay tuned. Now for the latest in South Carolina, currently the spread of COVID-19 is low according to county-level data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. For the week ending September 24th, there were 4,516 cases of COVID-19 and five deaths confirmed by DHEC. On average, there were 322 South Carolinians hospitalized with COVID-19, 46 were in intensive care, and 19 were on ventilators. Currently 53.1% of eligible South Carolinians are fully vaccinated. The abortion debate appears dead for the year, maybe? Question mark? On Tuesday, the House voted 95 to 11 not to concur on the changes the Senate made to the House bill in early September. So House Republicans essentially doubled down on their more restrictive bill, despite multiple warnings from Senate Republicans that the six-week abortion ban, which also had a 12-week exception for rape and incest with local reporting and DNA preservation, as well as exceptions for the life and health of the mother and fatal fetal anomaly, that was what was passed by the Senate. And that was as good as it's going to get, according to what Senate Majority Leader Shane Massey said after it passed on September 8th. Take a listen. I don't know that um, that there's education in the second kick of the mule. Um, it, it's uh, it's pretty clear
1: to me where the votes are. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to try some futile effort if you don't have the votes to do it. I, I don't know. I mean, I haven't... Uh, well, I'll speak with, with Representative Smith um, soon and see what they might be able to do. But my hope is... They were paying attention and they saw where our vote count was. Hopefully they will take this and consider it a win as
0: well and send it on to the governor. Uh, Because if we could have done something more aggressive than this, we would have. Okay, now fast forward. And here's what Greenwood Republican Representative John McCravey said after the House voted not to concur with those changes on September 27th. Also, you'll hear a friend of the pod, Mayan Schechter. She's the state politics editor. She asks a question because she's so quick. Take a listen.
2: Well, uh, I think we came back to do a job, to do something after the Dobbs case. Uh, We didn't come back to do the same thing we had already done. So, uh, this bill, we want to advance the cause of life and not just not just do what is already on the books.
1: Senate Republican leaders have been kind of clear that there are not enough votes in the Senate to pass any kind of abortion bill earlier than six weeks. Is there any kind of compromise you think can be reached given that pretty definitive stance?
2: Well, you know, the process is not over. And uh, we're going to wait to see what the Senate actually does, uh, how they handle this, uh, which way they want to go. And we'll be relying on them to dictate that. in the the coming days.
0: Now, McCravey, along with representatives Tommy Pope and Spencer Wetmore, were named as conferees to the conference committee, and they are set to hash out differences with three Senate conferees over the bill. Now, the Senate has not named those three yet. And it's also not clear what kind of compromise can be reached if the Senate doesn't have the votes for a more aggressive bill. New House Majority Leader Davey Hyatt, now that's Massey's counterpart in the House, told the media that there is a chance at a compromise but again, revealed no details.
1: Well we hope we,
2: we hope that the Supreme Court rules in our favor and we don't have to take it up again in January. Our intent is to
1: is to not take up a horse in January that this is done. I mean, we put it in signy die so that we could deal with it. So that we wouldn't have to take it up in January. That's the whole intent of putting it in the signy die resolution was so that we could get it get it and take it up and be done with it before we came back in January. If we have to deal with it again in January, we will. I mean we always have. I mean I've been here eighteen years and I think I've dealt with fifteen abortion bills. Mm-hmm. So it's not something we're not that we don't take up. It's not something new on our
2: on our calendar from yeah. time to time. We we deal with it all the time.
0: After this gaggle, Senate President Thomas Alexander of Oconee issued a rare statement expressing his disappointment and said the House's actions put the bill at severe risk. He said As House members know, non-concurring makes passing any version of H-5399 almost impossible. The Senate's previous votes show that the House's version of the bill simply does not have enough support for passage. He continued saying, Unfortunately, the House's approach likely forecloses any chance to fix issues in our fetal heartbeat law raised by the South Carolina Supreme Court. I support a stronger pro-life bill, but once we realized it was not possible to pass, Our primary concern became to protect the most lives of the unborn possible by strengthening the fetal heartbeat law that is in current legal jeopardy, quote. So we're still waiting to see when or if the Senate is going to assign conferees for this conference committee, and if it does, if anything will even come out of it. But we just heard as of this taping that the Senate will return on October 18th, so we'll see what they take up then. Now remember, the sine die resolution, which dictates what lawmakers can deal with after session ends on the second Thursday in May, that expires November 13th. So there are not enough votes in the Senate to pass the version of the House bill, which eliminates the six-week exception for all abortions. So that's just a little recap right there about where things stand. As for the Democrats' reaction, well, here's House Minority Leader Todd Rutherford and what he had to say about the vote and potentially taking up abortion again next year.
2: So what we, what we hope is that women of South Carolina see that the Democratic
0: Caucus is alive and kicking and making sure that the women of this state are protected and each for Uh For the time being, at least women don't have to believe that they're going to end up on the bathroom floor with a coat hanger trying to perform abortion.
2: And those that perform abortions don't believe that they're going to be put in jail anytime soon. That is what we hope to accomplish today and what I believe we did accomplish I can't speak for the Senate, and I don't believe that anyone can. I know that the conference committee has been appointed. The conference will meet, and we will see what they come up with. But for now, for the near future, the Democrats are going to try and make sure the women in this state are protected.
0: Now, just the facts right now, so you know where things stand right now. For the time being, abortions remain legal in South Carolina up to 20 weeks. This is because of a temporary injunction by the state Supreme Court over the six-week abortion ban law that is currently on the books. The court will hear arguments over the lawsuit challenging the current law on October 18th at 10 a.m. That will be streamed on scetv.org so you can watch along. And remember, that's the same day that the Senate comes back. Now we go from the State House to Summerton, South Carolina. Earlier in the week, Congressman Jim Clyburn was in Summerton at Scotts Branch High School along with Department of Interior Secretary Deb Holland to announce the addition of the school, along with Summerton High School being added to the Brown v. Board of Education National Historical Park, which is located in Topeka, Kansas. The two South Carolina schools were part of the Briggs v. Elliott case involving desegregation, the first case and one of five that were combined into the landmark Brown v. Board of Education ruling by the U.S. Supreme Court in 1954. Congressman Clyburn said such state history needs to be taught and embraced.
2: Those brave souls... Uh, that uh, decided to heed George Santayana's admonition that uh, the superintendent just mentioned. uh, That if we fail to learn the lessons of history, we're bound to repeat them. Uh, We're here today uh, to make sure that those who come after us learn these lessons of history. And you don't learn them by hiding them away or pretending they don't exist. That to me is the ultimate sin. You pretend they don't exist. These things happen. And you should not run away from them. We should honor them. We should bring to the fore. People need to know this history. And that's the only way you can learn to appreciate anything is to know it. Not by avoiding it or denying it, but by accepting it and doing what you can uh, to overcome it. Secretary Holland echoed
0: Clyburn's sentiments in her remarks and the ongoing fight for equality and equity that remains. Remember, though the Brown ruling took place in 1954, South Carolina schools were not fully integrated until 1971. Here's Secretary Holland. Because of the Brown versus Board decision and the work of an entire generation of civil rights activists Today we live in an integrated society free of legalized segregation. But, as we all know, the struggle for equality is not over yet. Sites like the one here in Somerton help us to reflect on the past, to celebrate the
2: progress, and allow us to chart a path forward for a more equitable and just future.
0: Also on hand at the event was Dr. Bobby Donaldson, a University of South Carolina professor of history, and he's also the director of the Center for Civil Rights History and Research. I asked him about the importance of historical sites versus monuments that get all the controversial attention these days.
2: Well, I'll say it's long overdue. Uh, having the National Park Service now put its stamps of approval just grazes, raises the profile of what's been happening on the grassroots level for decades now. Uh, and hopefully it will be the beginning of a of an effort to bring new attention to what's happening here in Somerton. We're monuments and places, and we focus on what's in the textbooks. And so often stories like what's happening here in Somerton are not in our textbooks, and hopefully this is the beginning of a way to kind of rewrite that history. I think having a physical site capturing the memories of people here, that's how you bring history to to life. Um, And so so often all we know is the textbook history. Um, This brings new dimension It gives greater voice and visibility.
0: And now we are on the campaign trail, folks. That's right. (laughs) We're we're ramping up. We're ramping up. Like I said, it was on a gubernatorial campaign trail earlier this week following Democrat Joe Cunningham in Greenville and Governor Henry McMaster 30 minutes away in Greer. Now, neither campaign had a molt box, so the audio is what it is, folks. You're going to learn a lot about audio quality in this podcast. You take it for granted, don't you? But let's start with Cunningham first because I went to his event first. It was at Cowboy Up in Greenville, and a big focus was on abortion access. This was also the day before the House vote, so this was Monday evening. Take a listen.
1: I trust women, not politicians, to make these health care decisions. And that's the difference between myself and Governor Henry McMaster. Because Henry McMaster wants to ban all abortions and have no exceptions for rape, incest, or the life of the mother. I want you to think about that. If somebody you love is raped or impregnated through violence, Hendrick McMaster in his South Carolina wants her to carry that baby to term.
0: Also talking to the crowd of about 75 folks was his running mate, lawyer Tally Parham Casey. And just so you know for some context, she was the first female fighter pilot in the South Carolina Air National Guard. I believe to my core that women have a right to make their own decisions, that women have a right to control their own bodies. I mean, if, if you will trust me to fly a 30 plus million dollar supersonic
2: aircraft to drop bombs and take out surface air missiles, my goodness, can't you trust me to make decisions about my life?
0: 15 miles away in Greer, McMaster didn't mention the contentious abortion issue when speaking to around 250 supporters, along with other Republicans, at the 4th District Republican Club's victory kickoff. He focused instead on economic development education, the environment, and his handling of the COVID-19 pandemic.
2: If the Republican states, if the Republican governors, and there are 28 of us, if they had shut down like the other side did, just tight, they closed down manufacturing plants, Ford, Chevrolet, all of us. They closed down churches. They had people getting married at wedding ceremonies congregations were meeting out in the parking lot, but they weren't more than six feet apart, so they were getting arrested. Can you believe that? Well, that's what happens when you elect the wrong people and you have the wrong philosophy, but that's not what happened here. Crazy is not what happened here.
0: His running mate, Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evitt got a standing ovation from some supporters when mentioning McMaster's letter, which blasted the Charleston County School District over an assignment to a class at Camp Road Middle School involving a Scholastic Magazine article about a transgender teenager, which district staff later determined did not align with state and district policies.
3: Last week the governor made me and the rest of you all proud, I'm
0: sure, when he wrote a letter to the school board in Charleston County telling him and we will not be teaching transgender issues in our classrooms. I'll have some more campaign trail action for you on Tuesday. I had to hold some over till then because I'm kind of working on a tight deadline here and by candlelight here on James Island. So stay tuned folks. We got plenty more as we march on down toward election day, which is November 8th. we've been talking a lot about inflation, unemployment rates, and the overall economy a lot lately, and interest rates too. Yes, it all blurs together. I know, I know, I'm just trying to keep you updated. But to catch you all up on how our state's economy is doing, I spoke with USC Darla School of Business Research Economist, Dr. Joey Von Nessen. We spoke on This Week in South Carolina, and I have a bit of an extended cut here for you. And just so you know, I open by asking Joey to give us the pulse of the state's economy. Take a listen.
3: Right now, South Carolina and the U.S. economy both are doing very well, and we see that across the board. And what's really interesting about where we are right now is I think in many cases we're waiting for the other shoe to drop, uh, right, because there's this uh, concern over a turn that might be coming, which is going to s- signal a major economic pullback and perhaps lead us to recession. But one thing that is important, one important metric I think that we don't hear uh referenced much is the fact that consumer, the American consumer checking account balances today are still significantly higher than they were back in 2019 by about 30% on average across all income levels. So that means that even though we're seeing high inflation and even though consumers are seeing their purchasing power eroded, in a manner of speaking, for a while they still have additional financial resources to uh, offset that. And as long as that's the case, uh, we're not necessarily going to see a major pullback in consumer spending and an uptick in unemployment. But that is a temporary factor right now, and and eventually we're going to see these checking account balances get back to where they were before the pandemic, uh, and then we're more likely to see an uptick in employment and a broader pullback in economic activity.
0: Mm-hmm. And, when we look at inflation, we look at, you know, the 8%, 8.3%, I think, uh, rates we're talking about. <clears throat> and I'm wondering how, how that affects uh, different demographics of South Carolina and who's more at risk and who, who's getting the brunt of this versus who maybe is, is dealing with this better?
3: Well, it's eroding the purchasing power of all South Carolinians, and we see that across all industry sectors, with one exception, which is leisure and hospitality. Uh, so, tourism, where demand has been extraordinarily strong labor demand um, because in a strong labor market typically leisure and hospitality that industry pays lower lower wages on average relative to most other industry sectors and so in a period where we have a strong labor market in South Carolina we see more people in that industry have an opportunity to move to other to move to other sectors and see a, a significant increase in their wages and so in response, Uh, the leisure and hospitality sector businesses there are having to raise wages at a fairly fast rate. Uh, And so as a result, we're seeing these sizable wage gains. And we've seen that over the last two years. So that's the one industry where Um, We're not seeing as much of an erosion in purchasing power but it's certainly happening across most other sectors in South Carolina and the housing industry is the one that actually has been hit the hardest where we've seen a major pullback this year.
0: Yeah, I want to keep it with leisure and hospitality for a moment. You're talking about wage gains there so we're seeing some benefits as a result of this this tight labor market when it comes to hiring folks for for those jobs because that was always a really difficult one to recover and of course with competition and the need. I'm guessing this is going to be some sort of long-term benefit for those employees in those industries when they can have more competitive salaries.
3: Yes, they have seen double-digit wage growth over the past year. Um, so just significant gains in, in overall income levels and that's been that's been very good for uh, for the industry overall for, for workers in in the industry because they have suffered uh, significantly. The industry lost 50% of its total employment base back in 2020, so they've had a deep hole to climb out of and Another positive note in terms of leisure and hospitality right now is that they still have the wind at their back, in in a manner of speaking, because we've seen so much spending in the goods market over the last two years that we are still shifting back. The pendulum is still swinging away from the goods market and towards services. Um, So that is going to continue to help feed the demand for leisure and hospitality and hopefully continue to uh, generate generate demand as, as we move forward. And uh, that is one of the the more, um, the higher markets too,
0: the higher uh, sectors, I should say, when we talk about employment, just the number of jobs that have come back to that sector. We heard from due director Dan Elsey, uh in his August unemployment, uh, released where we saw the unemployment rate hit 3.1% in the state, uh, saying that the, the dynamic of the labor market is, is ever changing, especially when you look at uh, the number of job openings in the state. We're talking about two job openings for every unemployed South Carolinian about. How do we fill these jobs? Uh, how can we promise new jobs to the state if there's such a demand right now already?
3: Well, this is a problem, um, and this is something that we're going to be dealing with for the foreseeable future. South Carolina has a very low labor force participation rate relative to the the rest of the country. Uh, It's about 57 percent compared to 62 percent for the U.S., and there are a number of reasons for that. One major reason is that we attract more retirees to South Carolina, Um, so we just don't have as many people in the state that are necessarily looking for, for work. So when you combine that low labor force participation rate in general, with the current labor shortage that we are facing, the strong demand, um, you you do get a, a widespread shortage. And I think as we move forward, that's going to continue to be a problem for employers. And so they're going to have to get creative. And that could be uh, more automation. It could be continuing to raise wages and offer other benefits, perhaps working from home. Um, but employers are, are, are going to have to get creative. That's one thing I think that it's that's very important to recognize is. is is that this is not a short-term phenomenon. The labor shortage that we're seeing now is likely to be with us in South Carolina, uh, probably for the the rest of this decade.
0: So Joey, when you talk about labor shortage issues, uh, what about recruitment when it comes to attracting new economic development projects to the state? Uh, Will we still be competitive in terms of of bringing new jobs to the state? I mean, we have a lot of people coming to the state, a lot of them are retirees as well, but how does that mesh with what's going on in terms of bringing new industry, new jobs to the state?
3: Well, it does. It does make it a challenge. The, the the benefit of South Carolina is that we do have a very strong, uh, a strong geographic location in in general, particularly for manufacturing. So that is a real advantage. We have good infrastructure, uh, including the port and uh, the rail and and highway systems that give access to both U.S. markets as well as international markets. So you combine the port with uh, with local infrastructure in South Carolina. And we also are seeing strong technical college system that continues to do well. And I think another another element of this that we need to really focus on in South Carolina is to continue to build on the infrastructure and on the programs that we currently execute through the technical college system so well, meeting the employer demands to uh, the workers, the individuals that are in South Carolina. So it's, it's not necessarily that we need to reinvent the wheel or, or, or invent new strategies, but we definitely need to scale up what we're doing already because it has worked very well. We just need more of it.
0: Now, there is so much more to this interview, including how Joey thinks we'll be affected by a potential global recession, especially since the state has so much exposure to international markets through its trading partners. You can find that interview on youtube.com slash South Carolina ETV. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic and other natural disasters. (laughs) And we want to hear your stories as well. Tell us how you're handling things, what's going on in your world. If you were affected by Hurricane Ian, if you weren't, I feel like everyone was, at least got a breeze wherever you are in the state. Let us know. 803-563-7169. We want to believe you. Oh, we
1: want to believe. That's big time. Right? We're always... Yeah, we're a bunch of we're a bunch of molders here. Anyway, Gavin, we're you are in the wind down. The I, wind I gave down. you a huge tease in the beginning, so we're in the wind down. I and it's it's rare that we tease the wind down. I would say the first time we've ever done it. And the big <laughs> news is that this is kickball related news too. I'm gonna, oh, I'm, gonna I'm gonna be upfront with everyone. This is kickball related news. Speak your truth at our most recent kickball game Wednesday. I was making a dynamite play. Definitely. I mean, Gavin how great of a play was you're amazing? not
0: even embellishing and normally i would say okay
1: T, calm down no this was a beautiful play <laughs> so the there there was a bunt i got it you I were turned, playing first base i was playing first base i i received the bunt i turn i hose the person running to first You did Absolute dynamite throw great throw and it was like one of those when when you play when you're good at pool and the and the ball bounces back you just know, goes perfectly. right in like ugh. it was coming right back at me i knew there was someone behind me running towards home and yes. so i was like this is a two for right here this is Love a double to dip yep. i'm gonna grab this turn around and hose this other guy mm-hmm. and as i lunged for this brace yourselves folks i ruptured my achilles tendon <laughs> this was this was painful to see Yes, I was and right I there. Collapsed. I was playing second base. I, I, I was
0: right next to you, nearby yeah. you, when
1: this was yes. going down. You fall to the yes. ground. I fall. I, I, I absolutely keel over. And uh, it was tough. I started screaming, who threw something at me? You said, did
0: <laughs> someone throw a rock at my heel? Mind you, yeah. the ball has dropped. I get the ball. I throw it to Colin, our pitcher. He gets the guy yes. out at home. You're got on the ground looking at yeah. me like, why did you throw a rock at me or hit me with a bat? Yes. And
1: just this look of stun. I was so sure that someone behind me had hit me with a rock, and um, uh, and and if anyone just feels their ankles right now, (laughs) yeah, you you, the back you can feel a tendon, and when I reached down for that, it just was not there, and so warning after the fact. I am gutting this out. I'm here still potting for you people. I mean, this Thank is true you. dedication.
0: This is what a selfless public servant looks like, folks.
1: Thank you. Yes. He
0: is sitting upright. He's you're down a flight of stairs from where you were. You went to bed upstairs. You you've made it down somehow. Yes. Did you how did you make it down the stairs?
1: It's elaborate. It involves crutches and railings. <laughs> yeah, it's. I need Gavin's pulley system now <laughs> to do this podcast. Anyway, Gavin, we do have a phone call, though, and this oh. is from another person who was there at the scene of the incident. So are you ready for this? Oh, oh, my God. An eyewitness, Another eyewitness account? An eyewitness account. So are you ready? I mean, I had an eyewitness account, but I guess we'll, we got another one. We'll break one. this down further after this phone call. Okay? Your Honor.
4: Hey, what's up, all you leaders? It's uh, Vince Cole Blugo calling in because uh, my name was recently brought up on a podcast, and uh, my honor besmirched, and I wanted to get a few things straight. Okay, so I really wanted to defend my honor, but I just can't. Um, AT totally right. I biffed that uh, pop fly, and my wife did clean up. Thank you, Mary Beth, for doing that. Good job. Um, but the real reason that I can't call and defend my honor is because, again, At our most recent kickball event, I I screwed up pretty bad again at first base, and this time, uh, I don't know, it was pretty bad. I don't know if I want to spill the beans or not, or if I want to let AT tell all you leaders out there, but I guess I'll spill the beans. Um, Yeah, I wasn't playing first very well, so AT and I rotated, I went to catcher, and then on uh, one of the kicks, uh, it was a short little bunt to first, so A.T. was making a play, and he turned and he stepped to go throw the, the runner out and um, immediately collapsed to the floor, and it looks like he ruptured his Achilles tendon. So, yeah, um hope A.T. feel better soon and uh, can get back to golf, I don't know, hopefully within a year or two. But, yeah, that's what happened, guys. Uh, A.T. hurt himself. So, there. Take care, lead. And I want
0: people to know that this is your left foot, not your yes. already injured right foot from prior events. Yes, so correct. Th- we after you got carted off, after I helped you get off and then your wife came and picked you up, I was like, just just tell him to take him, take them both below the knee, and just let's yeah. get some new.
1: feet. lop new them off, lop them off. Give me some peg legs, some robot legs. I don't know.
0: You know, and I know, and I know Vince is being selfless and admitting that and, and talking about the rotation. But I feel let's like break it was this all, down. Let's break down. It was the also maybe
1: okay. my call
0: to tell you guys to switch. <laughs> this is this is what I <laughs> want to get into. This is the real
1: news for me, and this is what makes. Rupturing my Achilles worth it. And you know, I, I I don't even know why I
0: bothered saying. But I mean, you had always played first base a lot of times, and I I felt confident mm-hmm. with you being there. Vince was dropping one or two balls or something like that. I was no, like, what's going in, on? In Vince? the first
1: inning, I was at catcher. Yeah, yeah and Vince you did a great first. job because you were you were calling the shots. You could see everything from behind home plate. Mm-hmm. And then Vince was like, he was doing okay on first, he but did not, not play, as great. He, he had three errors in one inning, I think. And so Gavin goes. Uh, why don't you guys switch? Why don't you guys switch? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay. And then and then it happened. It was you know? the <laughs>
0: inning. At, we had, it was two innings into the switch, and then it happened. But uh, I mean, I, I, was, I was playing I coach that. because we didn't really have a coach, and I actually had everyone's positions. And we were doing fairly well, I thought, compared to this team that we got previously massacred by. I had a couple good plays, and I got a play right after you messed up your your Achilles because we got the double play, and then I got the pop fly Right there and we wrapped up that inning really quick, but that was woof. I
1: thought you twisted your ankle. I didn't As the ball was falling to you and your pop fly, <laughs> you were like
0: Four Eighty
1: This is by him. <laughs> <laughs> then I was like, Did you see it? Did you see it? And like you're calling Caitlin, you're calling your dad, like, Oh my god, I messed yeah. up my leg. Oh, I and called the- my dad. He was so mad at me. Caitlin got <laughs> furious at me for Everyone's it. The so best part <laughs> The best part about the whole thing, besides it being Gavin and Vince's fault that it happened, <laughs> is that um, when I, I so I fell down on the infield of a baseball field, so I had all the infield dirt on me, a lot me, of you dirt, know? a lot of dust, and so then when I was getting into the car. Caitlin, she has not spoken to me yet. And she goes, you're going to ruin my back seats. (laughs) Well, you're going to ruin my back seats. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, upon coming home, I did reach new personal lows Mm. that uh, if if you weren't laughing, you would be crying, you know, because so I got home. I had to crawl up the stairs. I had to shower on the floor. And then I had to crawl from the shower to the bed to get dressed. <laughs> and my cats were just looking at me like, what is Who going is on? this? It's yeah, just a preview was, of our lives, right? I mean, that's just our future, right? <laughs> it was brutal. Absolutely brutal. And, and another weird thing is when I was describing to the doctor mm-hmm. that it felt like someone hit me with a rock, like a brick in the back of the leg. They said, uh, oh, that's normal. Most people that this happens to, they swear to God that someone mm-hmm. hit them with a baseball bat or something, which is so strange to me. Yeah.
0: Well, AT, like I told you, I'm glad um, that this happened after Honeymoon Week. As our listeners know, yes. you were just recently in California. yeah. Yes. So I'm glad God you got some, some of that in. Um, it's tragic. We're all dealing with this in our own way. I know you're annoyed by it. We're all annoyed by it, but...
1: It's very We're annoying. We're going to get but through I this mean, together... It- if any leaders have any sort of suggestions, you've dealt with something like this, please call in. I am open to anything to make the pain stop because Mm -hmm. it is nonstop. There is no relief. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) uh, and it was, it has been nice. The outpouring of people reaching out to me and, and well-wishing and stuff Mm -hmm. more people than I ever thought would even care that this happened to me. So um, I appreciate everyone that that's, that said anything.
0: Yeah. Do we have any orthopedists that listen? Please call. Please, please. yes. Get, let's please, get an appointment advanced
1: here. Please, I need this. We have state <laughs> really health insurance,
0: this. so you know we're good for it. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I really need this, please.
0: But uh, let's uh, let's put at out of his misery and uh, yes. We don't even have to talk about hurricane. E. We can talk about that on Tuesday. My, I mean, if this <laughs> is pale, my my
1: day's journey compare uh, pales in comparison to what you've been going through. So I, would not I've want never to even, received. So much uh, interest in my life, how I was doing from you personally. Like you, yeah. you've called me three or four times, and your parents yeah. called me, and we because it, it's been great. So we've been uh, working through it. If anyone wants to call me, go ahead, and call. Okay. And I
0: think we're gonna get the governor to get to get you the order of the Palmetto. So we'll see. Yeah,
1: I think I deserve it now, <laughs> yeah, or at least Russ did. McKinney can give me one of his three. Yeah, <laughs> Russ. <laughs> well, we're we're all thinking of UAT, and uh, thank you, thank we're you. We're just gonna get through this together not a missed pod on on this no not on this watch because
0: you know what your ears still work your hands still work your your mind still works and we're going to keep you going as long as we can thank you say goodbye have a good weekend everyone show us your appreciation folks so yeah hopefully you're all safe hopefully you haven't had any injuries either but if you have let us know we would love to hear from you 803-563-7169 Give AT some love. We would love to hear from you guys. You can also show us your appreciation by leaving us a review on iTunes. And you can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. What other word has ain ain in it?
1: Spain, ingrain, cellophane. (laughs) Cellophane. (laughs)